How often do you get a chance to talk with James Hawthorne? Uh, he's all the way from Great Britain. You get to Someone talk to uh, you get to talk to a, a genuine a genuine uh, Britain, not the imitation from Nigeria. The real thing, <laughs> <laughs> but the but the real thing. And of course, we have uh, a well-known uh, uh, personality on the forum, uh, Todd. Welcome back, Todd. You didn't say the word forum, did you? Eek. VNN forum. All right. And uh, and go com. So anyway, uh, let's. Um, uh, Todd, you listened to Alex Jones tonight, right? Um. Yeah, I listened to the first hour. Um. You know, he didn't have much to say. He just reiterated um, and talked about a um, an article which I posted previously in the thread in the this. I don't know if it's in this just in. Or the general discussion. I think it's probably this just in. Let me see if it's still here. It's um, <clears throat> it's about habeas corpus HR six one six six. Basically, what we're what's going on right now is that they're trying to do damage control. Okay. And they're trying to say, well, it doesn't affect the U.S. citizens, but the way they um, the way it talks about itself HR six one six six is it says in the front of the bill that it doesn't affect U.S. citizens, that it's just, you know, for terrorists. But if you take the bill apart and you add into the fact about other rulings in the past about how they've been able, there's like a, a series of events that has to occur, is that, you know, Bush appoints a uh, committee to decide whether or not you've done something unlawful. And, of course, the first thing they got to figure out is whether is it a state or federal crime, and then they got to figure out well, you know, obviously it, it's it's not lawful, and is the crime that the person is committing akin to something that would be uh, something against the United States? In mm -hmm. other words, I mean, just because some, you've got someone who's a you know a purse snatcher, that's not really an enemy of the United States; it's just an enemy of another citizen. Uh, it's just something that they did against the law. But if they deem you as an unlawful, on top of that, an enemy, then all of a sudden you're something called an enemy combatant. Now, once you're an enemy combatant, that's when you've lost basically every right that you have. Okay, They, they jail you. Um, you're in a tribunal, which is not a federal court. It's a military tribunal. Um, you don't have the right to a public defender. You don't have the right to a first appearance, a second appearance. Uh, you don't have the right to plea. You know, guilty, not guilty, no contest. You don't have the right to do that. Basically, it's you're guilty. You're you will appear before a tribunal, and uh, if they find out that you have information that uh, they need then by any means possible, they can get it out of you. Now, I was just watching Bush. Uh, the other night, he was being interviewed by O'Reilly. And O'Reilly asked him three times. He said, can you tell us, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of people are wondering and they're upset about the uh, means uh, that are talked about in the uh, H.R. 6166 about how you will use 
what means you will use to get information out of uh, so-called enemy combatants. And he says, well, if I were to tell you, this is, this is how arrogant this piece of shit is. He said, if I were to tell you that, then the enemy would know how to counter what we were doing. So under his uh, thinking, if he said, well, we're using, you know, we're going to be pulling people's fingernails out. Somehow, his understanding is that the terrorists would go under extreme training of how to get their fingernails pulled out and not tell secrets, you know, about the other side, which this is crazy. So he's telling us not only is it our right, and you have to trust us that we'll not deem the citizens as an enemy combatant, not only is he doing that, but he's also saying, you know what, it's none of your business what we're going to do once we have deemed you as an enemy combatant. You see, th this is how the Constitution uh -huh. was set up. It was set up to say, look, here's the government, here's the system, no matter how corrupt the government gets, it cannot get to the point where it can jail its citizens and not put them through a, a, a proceeding where they have a right to a trial by its peers. Now, you don't have that anymore. You don't have the Bill of Rights anymore. You don't, you don't have the right to have a quick and speedy trial by your peers. You don't have the right to have uh, the Sixth Amendment right, which is uh, the right to counsel the government. Well, know. Todd, I think it's, it's helpful to uh, introduce a personality into this and, uh, and, and to give a name to this. And, of course, one of the things... And, this this is this is this goes exactly with what you're saying. And if you saw that film, um, the film, the documentary, PBS documentary, uh, Bush got the very after the introductory period of the war, all the all the leading generals left Iraq, and they asked for they asked for reassignment, and they got out. Like people like Tommy Franks, right? Mm -hmm. And so what you had left over there was this third-rate general by the name of Ricardo Sanchez. Right. And 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 people uh, in this documentary were coming that you know if you had told anybody at the start of this war that R Ricardo Sanchez would be running the uh, war effort on behalf of the military uh, in Iraq, they would have laughed in your face. So basically, Ricardo Sanchez is an affirmative action general that these that the cronies, the Bush crime family, have, have put in charge of Iraq for their own reasons. And uh, you know he's incompetent. He's affirmative action. And and who do we have? in the State Department. Well, do you want to say his name? Not in the State Department, but the Attorney General. What's his name, uh, uh, Todd? Alberto Gonzalez. Alberto Gonzalez. And what he, he wrote a memo saying that it's okay to torture prisoners, I believe, to the point of organ failure? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this, this this is, is, these, are, these are the type of criminals that we have running uh, you know the the government today, and, and it really seems like Bush really likes these um, these Mexican uh, types too. And that's the one thing I don't understand about Bush. I mean, you know, as good as Alex Jones is on his um, you know interpretation of you know, current news media events, it just it boggles the mind as how anybody could call Bush a Nazi. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you had Prescott Butch, which, you know, he had ties to the Nazis and sympathies towards the Nazis, and, of course, the banks were giving, you know, the banks will give anybody the money. If, if somebody wants to 
you know, build a bunch of bombs and, and guns and military equipment and go and kill somebody, the banks will give you the money to do so. Um, but um, to call Bush a Nazi, I mean, come on. If he was really a Nazi, I mean, our problems would be over with, right? Mm -hmm. you know, George so. Bush has uh, a mestizo in his family, does he not? Uh, well, yeah, that's yeah. his brother Jeb, who married a Mexican Indian, mm -hmm. quite mestizo-looking. Uh, and then, of course, they had a son. They have two. Oh, they have two? Yeah, as I, as I recall, they have two. You know, it's very hard to find a picture of... Um, of them sometimes, uh, but uh, if you uh, if you do Google his uh, his what is his name? It, it's George. It's it, his name is George Bush too, but it's George um, George P. Bush. And if if you Google online, you'll you'll what you'll find is a picture of him raising his fist in the air in the manner of uh, the communists do. Yeah. And uh, and it, it's very or, yeah. Or, or or is he crying Atlan? <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Yeah, it's Lon! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's one thing that I, I, I don't understand about this torture bill that is it's uh -huh. so-called. We know that the CIA back in the 60s had, you know, they had went through tons and tons of experiments using drugs on people to see, you know, what would happen if we use these drugs on these people, how would they behave, how would they act, and more importantly, they, they developed a whole program in which, you know, they could find the perfect drug to give it to someone who was like a spy to extract information out of the spy. I mean, you know, when you take and you get a spy, and this was real big during the Cold War, when you take a spy and you find out, okay, this person's a spy because we, we know he's going back and forth giving information, now we want to know what the spy knows. So how do we get the information out of him? Well, we know for a matter of fact that when you take a person and you physically torture them, they're going to tell you anything just not to be tortured. It probably is not going to be the truth, though, and that's not the answer that you want. So they had to find a way. How can they get within this person's mind and find out exactly what they know. Well, the best way to do that would be to talk directly to the subconscious. And if this, as long as the subconscious doesn't think that the uh, information that it's giving out is going to be uh, harmful to them, like under hypnosis, it will give the information. But there's a way that you can circumvent that. And the way that they found out how to do that was to give the person a drug which would totally knock them out. And then the way it's used, it's called sodium pentothal. And sodium pentothal is used as, it's like a muscle relaxer that's used in animals to, uh, mm -hmm. it's like an anesthetic. But the way it can be used is like you would administer it to the person. I don't know what the dosage is, but you administer it to the person you let them sleep for like 90 minutes. And then you go and you smack them. Get up, get up, get up, get up. Listen, we're going to let you go back to sleep, but there's some things that we need to know. Um, what, what about this? What about this? What about this? And when, you're, when you do that, you don't have to be loud with the person. You don't have to threaten them with your life. You don't have to sit there and, and you know, stick a knife in their, in their hand to get them to talk. You just have to ask them. At that point, you just ask them. Who is this the guy that you're working with? What's his name? Uh, where does he come from? 
what about this, what about this? And when you're talking to that person while they're in that state, you're getting the truth. Hey, to- what I Todd, uh, yeah. l- 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 can I ask you, uh, wh- what were, uh, obviously, you never experienced anything like that. No. But uh, what, okay, what, how did, how did the, what, what, what did they quiz you about? The FBI, I mean, they must have played a little bit of a mind game on you, right? Trying to get information out of you, right? Um, no, that that whole thing was like, you know, that was something totally different. It was, okay. You know. That was cut like, and dried? Yeah, this is cut and dried. Basically, what happens when they arrest a citizen and they put the citizen in jail, they don't, they don't make a big deal about trying to get information out of the person. It's like, look, either you snitch and you give up your accomplices or we give you 30 years. Uh, here, go ahead oh, okay. and rot in the county. They don't waste time on it you. For about eight months until we sentence you, and then come and tell us what you want to do. <laughs> okay, they they don't even waste time you with know, you. They whereas just... with a spy, a spy that's something totally different. Back during the Cold War, they wanted to get the information right then and right there. It was a race, you know, basically to see which side could you know outdo the other one. So, um, my whole thing is that if they know how to get information out of people without torturing them, why did they need a torture bill? Well, yeah. I don't understand. That's my whole question. Well, so they push uh, or they push forward this, uh, you know, uh, these uh, politicians who are, uh, you know, involved in this great democracies in all our white lands. You know, they push forward this, you know, we would never torture people. We would never do this. We're democracies. We don't believe in this. Yet as soon as 19 Arabs who are pissed off with American-made bombs killing Palestinians, American and British troops in the Middle East, and, you know, they get pissed off. They fly some planes, attack the United States of America. Why? Because men, women, and children in the Middle East are getting killed. We shouldn't be in the Middle East. That's not our problem. We should not be there. And th- and that's what you know. That's one of the great lies about white nationalist ideology. Insofar as it is it is congealed, is that we have no. Cl- Why well, I, I joked a little bit about invading Canada the other day, but or the other hour. But uh, we have really no. I have no designs on on the land of Mexico or South America or the Middle East. Well, and I would, I if I were, you know, if I were the dictator, or if I were the white nationalist, uh, uh, whatever we, government we form, if I was a member of that government, I would deal honestly with the Arabs, and I would trade up, up and up with them, and uh, and I, I wouldn't we, have. A, yeah, we only have claim on our own lands, our own frontiers, our own borders, which these traitorous, Jew-run politicians. Are destroying. We want our frontiers back. Yeah. We want our borders back. We want our our culture, our heritage, our civilization back. That's what we want. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, we, you know, that that is really, and all these other questions to some degree are uh, secondary. Uh, you know, I mean, religion and so forth. Uh, you know, we were talking, boy, <laughs> religion. When we were talking with the religious fellow, I mean, 
you know, uh, it, it's interesting to talk about these, uh, 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 you know, controversies in religion, but, you know, in the end, that's all secondary. Uh, well, I just, uh, I, if I can yeah. interrupt there, Jeff, I just want to emphasize, I mean, what we need to drum into people's brains here is what happened. And, and what happened is this. The greatest nation on this planet was circumvented by these bunch of Jews who took over the Pentagon, the State Department, and the Bush administration, forced this great nation of great people, mm-hmm. invaded a sovereign country, mm-hmm. is killing thousands of Iraqi people. Only one nation. Yeah, only one nation benefits from this, and that's the State of Israel. Absolutely. Absolutely. They are the only one that benefits. And uh, it's just, you know, you go back and say, well, why is it that they want to do this? But for for decades now, they've had maps of places like Iraq and Iran divided up into certain sectors and how, of how they think it should be governed. And uh, the only way they could do that is uh, to get rid of the sovereign rulers of each each one of those lands. So and I tell, I tell yeah, everybody... That's, that's true, Todd. You know, with something else, uh, James, I saw is that the European Union uh, has their own maps of Europe uh, that transcend the national borders. They have their own sort of like, uh, uh, like they say this is the the northwest region, and and that would that would include like Norway, uh, Holland, yep. and yep. Belgium, and England, and, and maybe Ireland. And it, it, to them, uh, to the to the to the central planners there in the EU. Uh, England doesn't even exist, or, or Scotland, or anything. Uh, it, it's just, it's just a, a new region that they've created out of whole cloth. Yeah, we're just a yeah, a qua, a zone. Uh, yeah, that's all we are. That's all Britain, Great Britain, will become a zone of, of the globalist European Union. Oh, we don't want that. We mm-hmm. would like a a European Union to be a European Union, but based on a nationalist ideology, you know, all nationalist countries together as part of a great nationalist Europe, not a globalist Europe. We don't believe in a globalist Europe. We believe in a nationalist Europe. And are they trying to bring Turkey into the United, uh, the European Union? In the EU, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that the craziest crap you've ever heard? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Turkey of all places. I mean... Yeah, sure, there's some Aryan outposts, I'm sure, somewhere around Turkey that, you know, these little pockets here and there, but, you know, it's not a European country, not any more than Iran is. And with CAFTA and NAFTA, you gentlemen over there are going going the same way we're going over here, unless we as white nationalists continue to get the message out to our people that it's wrong, we need secure borders, we need our people... And when I say our people, I mean Aryan white people who built our great countries to survive, to continue to grow, both in our own borders. I tell you this, I'll throw this out to the panel here. And I've asked this question numerous times, and someone can call in and give me the answer, but I don't know what else to do other than what I'm doing. And I think this is, oddly enough, uh, I mean... This right now is all that I know how to do is to, you know, uh, outreach, uh, uh, attract eyeballs, attract ears, 
try to uh, convince people, try to entertain them, try to attract them to our movement. Uh, because I don't see any other... I mean, I think the last effective organization uh, was Pierce's organization in this country. And I don't... There's no organization that I would join in this country. Uh, I, I can't think of any any white nationalist organization I would join up with, assign my name and send in my, my uh, you know, name and number and all that stuff. I don't know what else to do. Uh, yeah, it's a sad fact. I mean, it, I mean, there's other people, I'm sure, that would say that uh, you're being defeatist, but I, I have to agree 100%. There's no organization that I would join right now. Um, I think it's more effective... If we, you know, I think I, I mentioned this today uh, on the forum is that we have to get out there and meet up with people locally, and we have to Agreed. you know meet people face to face and form some common bonds with people, and then you know we have to base those bonds upon activism. And we have to, you know, I mean the days of of us getting together and having a barbecue and you know and and talking about stuff, you know, th- that's over. I mean, I mean, I remember even back in '95 when you know the National Alliance members here got together in Orlando, and we were like, "Look, we're on goal line defense right now." But yeah. you know, here it is, you know, 11 years, 12 years later, and uh, you know, we're still we're like beyond goal line defense. We've already lost the game. Now we just you know we need to. We're just trying to get out of the stadium <laughs> from yeah, being exactly. attacked. Exactly. That's exactly right. Because I mean, with the number of Mexican Mexicans they've got here in the country, um, you know, it's going to get to the point where, you know, I hate to say it, but it's going to get to the point where people are forced out to defend themselves yeah. and either move out or form enclaves. I mean, we don't want to get it to that point. So, no. But here's the thing, and, I, and, I, and I've stressed this before: there are some things that we can do to upset the Jewish apple cart. Please um, tell us. Well, um, unbelievably, I didn't find this out until a couple of days ago, but unbelievably, Alex Jones, he put out a movie, he's produced a movie called Terror Storm. Now, Terror Storm... Yeah, I've seen that. Most, most white nationalists aren't going to like it because it talks about how Hitler had bombed the Reichstag building and blamed it on some yeah. Jew and then attacked Poland. And he wanted to attack Poland because he wanted to conquest all of Europe. You can read that as a bone to the Jews, and then he moves on. Yes, yes. Now, here's what's impressive, is that in two weeks, um, October 31st, uh, no, it's actually about a week from now, on October 31st, Terror Storm, the DVD, is going to be released and sold in places like Barnes & Nobles and other Uh bookstores and stuff like that. So, if that's the case, and also take into account that, um, you know, he had pointed out daily on the show, hey, you know, we want to get Terror Storm in the top 100 of Google videos. Because once it's there, you've got an enclave of people, like half the people that go to Google videos, all they do is sit there and just watch the top 100. So once they get into the top 100, then the amount of views that the movie has, you know, is exponentially escalated. So my whole point of this is that when you take into account that Terror Storm points out the discrepancies of the 9-11 Commission report, Madrid bombing, London bombings, and how they're all connected, 
then you have to say to yourself, well, maybe the Jews don't have such a strong handlehold on everything, and it's possible, it's possible that if we produce our own slick video, just as slick, if not slicker than TerraStorm, why can't we get that into the Google Top 100? Sure. Why can't we put on a radio show as impressive as Alex Jones' radio show with all these, you know, he's got people coming on his radio show that are, ex-CIA people that, you know, movie stars that are coming on talking about, yeah, 9-11 was an inside job. Why can't we get people on a radio show and why can't we produce a video, get it out there into the top 100 of Google, get it in the stores? I mean, there's no reason why we can't. The only thing that's stopping us from doing it is money. And granted, not, you know, if you go on the boards and talk to people that are, you know, other white nationalists, the, the biggest problem that I see is that we don't have a lot of money individually. But collectively, we could get enough people to say, hey, let's put out a really, really, really slick video. It's going to cost us $30,000. Is there, can, can everybody donate $100 towards this video? And then just get uh, Byron or Aegis, uh, you know, the, the October Sun film people. Let's pool our resources, let's put our heads together and let's talk about how the Jews are actually the biggest problem with 9-11, with the Madrid bombing, with the London bombings, with the immigration problem, and how it all ties together. And if we did that, and we just throw it out there and promote it like crazy, then we're going to get some attention drawn towards the whole white nationalist movement. Whereas right now, with everybody that's got their own little pet projects, it has no effect at all. So we've got to have one thing. We've got to get everybody on the same page. One thing. And I, 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 even I, I talked to Pierce about this. I said, we've got to produce a video. People don't read books anymore. They don't read tabloids. They don't read pamphlets. They don't read, period. You've got the Internet, and the Internet is visually stimulating. Yeah. And if we produce something that's visually stimulating, yeah, but hang to on make a minute. our own point. Yeah, hang on hold in. Jump in, James. Hang on a minute. Uh, people have to go to the Internet. You have to get them to go to the Internet. Whereas everyone in this whole damn world has that jukebox in their family right. room sitting right. there. Yeah. And, the, and everybody's need, got a DVD player, too. That's where we need to... I mean, you have to drive people to the Internet to like see our message. Whereas in that jukebox in the corner in the family room, it, it, they turn on every day... Every afternoon. Well, that's every well, getting evening. control of the of the news media is the absolute end objective to our campaign. I mean, actually, if we have control of the news media, to me, it doesn't matter if you've got all these faggots and politicians that are in the White House right now, because if you've got control of the news media, you control what they say and what they do. True. Okay. So, our goal, of course, is to get people to see our message in a video format so they can understand it and it's interesting and they'll watch it. Hey, I may have a, a, a caller in here. Uh, I'm, t I'm chatting with Lawrence Dennis and he wants to ask you a question and I, I thought, oh good, let's bring in Lawrence. I'm very eager to talk to Mr. Dennis. Uh, let me uh, call it. Okay. Now I'm gonna call you. I'm in chat. to call you now. Okay. Um, uh, you, do you know who Lawrence Dennis is, uh, James? Yes. Or uh, and uh, and Todd. 
Yeah, he's a very good comment uh, uh, com- uh, c- commenter on the forum. Yeah, see. he contributes quite a bit. You know, whenever yeah. he uh, throws something in there, it's quite detailed and footnoted. Let me get his um, uh, let me get his ID here. I'm going to have to snag his uh, ID here off of uh, the contact. Yeah, he wants to uh, ask you about a certain. Inc- he wants to ask James actually about a certain incident uh, that happened today in uh, the wonderful land, the wonderful island of Great Britain. Uh, James, I guess he he took uh, he took uh, me up on the offer to talk to a real live uh, Brit. Okay, not the Brit of the Nigerian variety, though. Let's see here. Oh, here he is. Mr. Dennis? You are connected, uh, Lawrence. Um, You may want to make sure that your microphone is not on mute. You are, you are, I mean, it's in the chat message. You are connected. Make sure... Mike is not on mute. Okay. Okay, I'm going to send him another Mike may be on mute. I I do hear like a little rustling around. Uh Okay, we'll uh, we'll we'll leave the call. Okay, let me send a message. Uh, we will leave the call open. Just shout out. Uh, uh, if just shout out. Okay, that's fine. Okay, what he wanted to what he wanted to ask you, James, was um. Well, here's a question for everybody. Just just okay. Again, I'm sorry, but here's a question for all, all the new people who are listening to this program, who download it and download to their podcast. And here's a question for them. Nineteen hijackers flew planes into the Pentagon, uh, into the Twin Towers. Nineteen of those hijackers, 16 were from Saudi Arabia. If this was not a war for Israel, why did not United States and Great Britain invade Saudi Arabia? <laughs> well, uh, let me just say this. Um, for a couple years after September 11th, I thought that, you know, the planes that were flown into the World Trade Center by the uh, Muslim hijackers, it was an obvious retaliation of United States support for Israel. I thought that until I started investigating a little bit further about 9-11 and a lot of the 9-11 investigative videos that started to come on uh, video on Google. Now, let me ask you, um, James, have you seen the video Loose Change? I saw it, yeah. Okay, it said um, Mueller, Robert Mueller, who was the director of the FBI. I've, I've short- been, to interrupt there, Todd, I've also saw all the 9-11 videos. I've also saw the loose chain guys being interviewed by popular mechanics. So I've done the whole sweep on the 9-11 thing. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I have a hard time believing that the 19 hijackers flew those planes in the 
to the Twin Towers. I know they were flown into the Twin Towers. I don't know how. But the, when 9-11 Commission report says that the passport flew out of the airplane and they were able to find it on the ground, the whole story, you know, of the 19 hijackers just, you know, it's, it's just pitiful. I have a hard time believing it. I well, no, no, you, you, you do believe that, 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 I mean, okay. They flew in the road. Well, oh, gosh, this is a perennial topic. I mean, it is. I mean, uh, okay, are, are you of the camp that says maybe those planes were empty or? Uh, no, I think they were full, um, but I don't believe there was any, I, 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 there might have been some hijackers in there, but I, I think, I, I really Do you think there was hijackers? I believe that it was remote control flight flew into those uh, buildings. Well, yeah, obviously, Hani Hanjour, Hani Hanjour could not have piloted that plane. That's the plane that flown. Yeah, Hani Hanjour supposedly flew the one into the Pentagon. And um, yeah, but hang on a minute, hang on a minute, guys. You make these sweeping statements <laughs> that <laughs> these guys can't do this, these guys can't do that. You, you have no proof. Whatsoever. Okay. Now, the re- where I get that from, where I get that from, is a couple documentaries about Hani Hanjour, and they interviewed the flight. Well, I can't believe we're talking about this, but they That's interviewed right. they they interviewed the, the flight uh, instructor for uh, that that Hani Hanjour had some training with here, and this flight instructor said that this guy could barely uh, manage uh, like a Cessna a Piper. Or, Cessna 150. Yeah, Cessna 150. That he could barely sort of he could he could you know adequately handle a Cessna. And then he went on to say that the experienced pilots said that there is no way that the plane itself, a 757 Boeing, could take those G-force um, turns that it would have required in order for that particular plane to go off that particular flight plan. Make that turn towards the Pentagon. You know That's what? Uh, this 9-11 thing is like a whole show in itself, a whole four hours in itself, you know. Yeah, yeah okay. it's, it is. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I'm just telling you what I personally believe. I, I personally believe the Pentagon was hit with a missile because, I mean, if they're so sure that it was hit by an airplane, why don't they show us all these videotapes? Okay, I, I think, think what James, I think what James is getting at here, and is that. I don't think James thinks, and I think it's it's a good argument that all this stuff furthers our movement. Is that what you're suggesting, James? No, I'm saying if we get involved in all this uh, conspiratorial, uh, but it's not a conspiracy, stuff. James. The 9/11 Commission report is a conspiracy. When they tell us that a plane hit the Pentagon, that's a conspiracy, because obviously we can look at the Pentagon and see no plane hit the Pentagon, because there's no wreckage of a plane there, there's no engines, there's no tail or wing sections. Well, hang on a minute, Todd. I, I, I would like, I would, it's on YouTube right now, I mean, I, I'd, I'd ask people to go and watch it, it's the loose change gentlemen against popular mechanics, and public mechanics guys are engineers, and they, uh, it's Pretty much. I mean, I've okay. I've, I've actually got a little bit of ad there, and, and James, I usually take your side on everything. But you know that popular mechanics uh, thing. I think is uh, uh, was it was what was that Todd that Chertoff's brother uh, was he wrote the article for Popular Mechanics that that took that attacked. I, I'm not sure, but it's it's been debunked. But yeah. you know, in all fairness, I'm willing to watch the video that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. If you can post it on the thread about the show tonight, 
I'll find go and it, yeah. click and watch the video. I will yeah. watch it, but I, I've I've looked at the debunking stuff, and you know the bottom line is, is that even if you, whether or not the 9/11 whole thing was produced by Arab terrorists or it was done okay. by Jewish terrorists, it's the same thing. It's the mm-hmm. same net result for us. We had 3,000 Americans that died. We have all this legislation, this anti-terrorism legislation that had nothing to do with capturing terrorists, but taking away rights of citizens. And look at all the lives that have been lost, and look at the popularity that the United States has now around the rest of the world. So, you know, if the one the one reason that I know that six million Jews were not gassed by the National Socialists in Germany was logistics. You have to look at logistics to understand how could they murder, kill six million Jews in such a fashion. I look at logistics, how could uh, you know, how could this 9-11 thing happen with bombs in the buildings and the whole thing logistics, I look at logistics and then you, I say to myself, it just couldn't happen no or, one yeah, I, in I all look, these conspiracy theories on 9-11 no one points the finger they don't say it was uh, so-and-so in the Pentagon it was so-and-so in the NSA it was so-and-so who's responsible they just throw out stuff to make it stick yeah, on the wall they're, not, at, they're not trying to blame anyone they're just saying we need a another investigation an independent investigation on 9-11 that's all they're saying so they who, who, do you, who do you think talked behind it? I don't know that's the problem I can't blame Giuliani I can't blame Bush I can't say you know that Wolfowitz is responsible but I can say there's too many discrepancies to look at I, the 9-11 Commission blame, report and say... I can blame somebody. Okay. I can tell everyone online right now and on this radio program, I can blame Wolfowitz, Pearl, and the rest of them, those Jewish neocons, are responsible for 3,000 Americans dying. Well, yeah, I, I agree the Jews are ultimately responsible for... Uh, for stirring up, a, uh, you know, affecting U.S. foreign policy and stirring up hatred in the Middle East. Absolutely. Hey, uh, look, let's uh, let, let's uh, move on to another subject because um, actually Lawrence Dennis is having trouble and he's not going to resolve it uh, tonight. I can see that because it's going on too long. Uh, although he can shout at any time, he's connected to the call. But uh, he wanted to ask you. <laughs> this is this is a great segue, right? He wanted to ask you about the defecator. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about, James? Defecator, no. Okay, well, it just so happened today that there actually you'll find this in the UK section of the forum. Um, uh, an African, well, an African, what, what would be the term you would say in Britain? African Britain? Uh, no, it, no, 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 oh. no. You just say Britain. You just say Britain, right? Oh, no, no. A person from Nigeria, a person from... Oh. Uh, Somalia. Okay, here here he is. If you go to the uh, Europe section of the forum, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll go through the story here for the listeners uh, that don't know, uh, it's in the UK uh, section, and it's um, the name of the thread is um, uh, uh, tr- uh, here. Hold on, I'll find a better way here. Uh, oh, it's right there on top. Train defecator hunted by police. Okay, and yeah, and yeah. what happened is is that. Um, Oh, here's there's let's see here. Where's the first page here? Uh, oh, here it is. BBC, your your wonderful BBC you pay so much for over there. 
uh, oh good, they haven't blocked the site for us. A man has been defecating in trains across southeast England, causing an estimated uh, 60,000 pounds in damage. Uh, British police have uh, released a CCTV image, and of course, uh, Britain is full of cameras everywhere, yep. uh, and as, as U.S. is too, by the way. It's just uh, we haven't got as far. Images of uh, a man who has uh, struck at least 30 trains since August. He uh, he waits until he's alone in the car and uh, commits the offense of smearing excrement all over the carriage. Okay, yeah. So not only does he defecate, but he takes his fecal material and then goes further to spread it everywhere? Yeah, that's right. right. And uh, and uh, see here, uh, there's no particular pattern as to when it, or when or where it occurs. He travels to various areas at different times of the day and different days of the week. See, this he's a nigger, by the way, and so yeah. that tells you exactly the nigger has nowhere to go other than where he wants to go, when he wants to go, because he doesn't work, and uh, unless he has an affirmative action job. Uh, we've been trawling through the images and uh, trying to track the man and remain hopeful. Uh, so anyway, here he is. He's uh, Here's a picture of him. You can see it right off of VNN forum. He's a nigger, uh, big Afro nigger. But you know what? He just needs rehabilitation, and I think that if they put him in a state-run hospital uh, just for a little while and then give him a decent job and some money, he'll be okay. He'll be just like one of us. Yes, that's right. So, uh, oh, here, uh, a Chain is uh, on, 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 on picking up a few loose, loose ends here. It says, um, oh, this, is, uh, this isn't, I'm not sure why he's sending me this. He's linked to a story by a Brit Jewess, James, named Liani Katz. Maybe I'll just bring in Chain. Uh, uh, by refusing to publish the nigger's picture or textually written fact of his niggerness, tries to cause drudge millions of readers to assume that the shit-smearing baboon is a white Brit. Oh yeah, this is what it is. This is why he sent me it. Actually, he uh, because uh, uh, some of the news outlets are trying to uh, um, d- disguise the fact that this is a nigger. And it's, uh, it's pretty hard now, Jeff. Uh, that the picture that you uh, uh-huh. gave the link to. And that's on the BBC homepage, so that's pretty hard. Now it's on the BBC homepage, so. And they're showing this nigger in all his glory. Yeah. So to speak. It's quite a picture uh, to see, and I think most people on the forum. This is posted by a, a forum by the name of. Uh, a poster by the name of Andy H. I'm going to tell you all right now out of all the black people that are on the planet, that right there is my favorite one because he's not confusing the whites. He's letting us know how niggers really are. Yep. The ones I don't like are the ones that dress like everybody else, go to work and have a job, and don't commit violent crimes. Those are the worst types of niggers there are. The violent ones that are smearing shit and out there stabbing and killing people, those are the best niggers that we hope for because it's the ones that act like us that confuse the rest of the whites into thinking they're just like us and there's no reason why we shouldn't have them living around us. Yep. Okay, I'm going to bring in Shane here a second. He has to exchange a, a contact message with me. And I'm going to drop Lawrence Dennis uh, because uh, we aren't making any progress and we can only take uh, five callers right now. So I'm going to drop you. 
Okay, bye, bye, uh, bye, bye, Lawrence, and we'll work on this. Uh, we'll work on this um, sometime in the future here. Uh, okay, good. I'll also bring in Theseus, so there'll be a lot happening, a lot, a big change here. Uh, okay. Okay, good. Okay. Hello, Theseus. Hello, Hello what's up, guys? Uh, uh, not much. Uh, I'm going to try to bring in Shane while you're talking here. So tell us, uh, tell us what's uh, happening. Oh no! I was just listening to. I was listening a little bit to the. Uh, I was ripping some of the stream from your uh, talk with Lita earlier, and uh, she she sounds like she's really comfortable now on the mic, and uh, her her stories are really compelling. I love when I hear a white woman come out and say that she's racist and understands the Jewish question at the same time. I mean, that's and just really be sharp as a tack. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really cool. Um, but but yeah, some of the um, Martin Luton Kuhn and Doctor Nation, uh, that stuff's real, man. And uh, y- you tell them that uh, he was a plagiarist, and they they look at you like a confused dog. Yeah. They don't know what to make of you. But uh, it, it is in fact true that the King Estate has uh, ruled basically, or or the Coretta Scott King and the King Estate looked over it with uh, the university there in Boston where he did his master's thesis or his PhD thesis rather and um they said that he did plagiarize and uh oh yeah that's 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 all a closed closed yeah. matter yeah that that was really that really helped me along a year or so ago when I was looking into these things uh that really helped me along notice or just finding out that he was a plagiarist and then me myself coming a little bit from the world of academia you know, I'm like, how can anyone have any sort of a name after plagiarizing? That doesn't happen to anyone else. I mean, uh, not well, at the, all. The Jews wrote everything for him, by the way. Right. Uh, and and one other thing about him, uh, if you if you're really interested in looking up some dirt on uh, Martin Luther King, look up an article by Samuel Francis because he was a he was a um, uh, a, a, a senatorial aide uh, to James P. East. And Mr. Uh, Senator East was one of the few, uh, one of the few um, uh, uh, senators that opposed the King, uh, the King deification uh, holiday, and uh, and so uh, he did all this research on him, and uh, Francis wrote it up in an article, Samuel Francis, late Samuel Francis, and you can uh, find that online. The dirty little secret about. MLK is that blacks didn't really like him that much at the time. Uh, it was whites that chose Martin Luther King. Blacks were more for the, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say irredentist, but uh, more militant like uh, folks like uh, Malcolm X. And uh, they, they, they liked to riot after he was killed. I was in a hearse with my friends going to the Ozarks and a uh, nigger <laughs> shot a shotgun within about five feet of our hearse. Hey, it's Craig Cobb. Yes. How you doing, buddy? I, I'm well. How are you? Hey, How are you? I've been meaning to ask you something. If I, let me take a second out of just show. You said you were from South Carolina originally, or no, I'm from you Missouri, like Jeff and Alex. We're from uh, Missouri, Utah. yeah. Oh, okay. So there's something in the water up there. Yeah, you know what? It's at Lafayette Clay County where uh, all the. Uh, I think it might be some of it. <laughs> the history of uh, the war between the states. 
Right. Where they had Bloody Bill Anderson and James Quantrill. I don't know. It does seem to be that there's quite a bit of a... Was, wasn't it Missouri where they, Lincoln had the state legislature arrested by the Army? That was Kentucky. Kentucky. No, wait, okay. that was... um Or Maryland. <laughs> they sent in a couple of divisions, I believe, yeah. into Missouri to uh, enforce what they wanted to occur. Uh, they couldn't bring the people into order, but... Uh, uh, th- those guys uh, in, in uh, Bloody Bill Anderson Quantrill's Raiders, apparently the the uh, Confederate regulars witnessed them with the scalps of other white people on their bridles, you know, the Jayhawkers, and they would ride around with these scalps decorating their bridles, and it frightened them, frightened the Confederates, and they were the allies, of course, of the guerrillas. Yeah, as, as a Southerner, I was very surprised to finally become an adult and begin looking into the the history and the history of the writing of the history of the Civil War, and uh, you know the, the scandal is almost as deep there as with the uh, Holy Hoax. Yeah, I uh, think there are, we're actually were a lot of similarities, and uh, just anecdotally, I, I'm from the town where Jesse James was killed, and uh, uh, he said uh, when, when he used to rob uh, trains at the end, he would say, are there any Confederate veterans here? Either after the robbery or before, he would uh, ask yeah. that, and uh He'd return their goods to them or uh, not lift them off them in the, in the first place. And he was quite a racialist. He called people degraded. And there was one newspaper editor, and, and they would work with each other. And actually, I think racialists can do this today because occasionally you'll get a wild card, either somebody who not really supports us, but sometimes if they're radically against us. I think sometimes any press is good. But anyway, and, uh, he would write about that, and the degradation was the term for, for race mixers. And... Uh, he John was quite Wesley a racist. Harden. John Wesley Harden uh, was the same way. I think Who? Harden was from Missouri as well. Yeah. yeah. John Wesley Harden? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I, it's good. I'm sorry. Yeah, these are uh, local heroes here uh, If you know, of a certain type. I, I, I'll share my little Civil War story. There was, um, there was uh, around in, in the county I lived in, in Missouri, uh, well, it was Jackson County. I don't I don't live in Jackson County, Missouri anymore, but uh the uh Union troops had rounded up that basically what had happened is uh, uh the Union Army had ordered all people evacuated from Johnson County. This is called Order Number fifty one and they literally told the, the population of Jackson County, Missouri to get out of their homes and get out of the county and leave. And this and you know, they just evicted everyone from their homes and and uh, as I recall, some people didn't leave, and uh, so they uh, they brought them into a building in Kansas City, Missouri, and then uh, and I think accidentally the, the not on purpose the building collapsed and they were all killed, and uh, that was one of the motivators uh, I think with Bloody Bill Anderson is that uh, he you know he he flipped out because I believe his family was in the building that the Union Army had had rounded up everybody to go into. And the building collapsed, and and uh, well, he w- I think he went then and burned down Lawrence, as a, burned down Lawrence, Kansas, as a and I wish it would have remained burned down too. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it's a heck of a coincidence. Yeah, well, there's nothing there much any anyways. So. Well, Lawrence, Kansas, is the home of Kansas University. Yeah, they have a politically correct university there. Yeah, and uh, it's a. Uh, they like to call themselves the Harvard, Harvard of the Midwest, so uh, we don't need any more Harvards, <laughs> and we don't need them in the Midwest. There's a lot of uh, Asians out there now. Oh, Topeka, yeah. Salinas, French, 
a buddy of mine. Salina, Kansas. He's just like, they're all over the place. Salina, Kansas has been taken over by Mexicans. uh, Meatpacking plants. Yeah. So I've heard that there's quite a population of Asians out there. Yeah. Uh, Let me tell you something I wanted to start off the show uh, talking about. And uh, when I... As I as I leave my home, uh, there's a there's a, a Lutheran church, and I know James or uh, um, I know that Chain is uh, uh, always has a nice thing to say about Christians. So I'll tell the story, uh, and uh, they uh, uh, every, and so I pass this church every day, and in the morning uh, I see all these dot heads uh, with their um, with their cars packed full of uh, kids, uh, you know the woman. Uh, driving to the uh, church at the Lutheran church, and I've been in this church, and uh, the, the congregants of this church are all white, and you know they're mainly of, uh, as I can see, they're mainly of somewhat probably Germanic stock, and uh, uh, well, guess what they're doing? They're taking care of these dotheads' kids. Yeah. <laughs> God knows. Martin Luther would be so proud. Yeah. It's unbelievable. They they. They they and and they drive up and if you've ever if you've ever been around a dothead's car a lot of what they do is they they actually paint the interior of their car with Hindu symbols and then they they have like little um, idols that they um, attach to the uh, um, the t- t- attach to the floor of uh, the uh, dashboard that face out towards the road and uh, <laughs> and and you know I guess to ward off the evil spirits as they drive. But oh well, in the in the morning they'll if they run an office, they'll go through the office with a stick of incense, and just walk around the office and make sure that the smoke goes in each cubicle of whoever's working there in order to yeah. cleanse. <laughs> you know that's pretty. Well, the, the, you, know, you guys, are, these people. Uh, are, let me just finish. These people are doormats. These Lutherans in this church, anyway, these people are doormats. They, they're taking care they're of uh, what uh, of people who whom they should they should call them idolaters and get them off the soil of their church. And and so they're they're, ta- they're in there taking care of their kids. They might eventually have the idea that they're going to convert them. I well, yeah, specifically, I don't think that's, that's going to work. Conversion, but. I'm not even you sure know, about that. On Goyfire a couple of days ago, we talked about the fact that apparently 60,000 Bhutanese are being airlifted. Now. That's right. Burundi. And Burundi, I thought they were Bhutanese. Oh, are they Bhutanese too? They got Bhutan, we got Bhutanese coming over oh, here? Oh, and Burundi. Bhutan lips. Yeah. I, knew we had, I knew we had Burundians. Yeah, I didn't really know. <laughs> but it, Bhutan is that little mountain kingdom... Uh, Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's close to China, and it's very picturesque. If you yeah. Look at pictures, and some of this, I think, is the residual of baby boomers because uh, I think the Naropa Institute or some of them have built a large uh, Vajrayana temple up in the uh, you know ten thousand feet in Colorado or something. Is that right? And, yeah. And uh, I, I don't know how they got over, here, why they're going to come here, but sixty thousand human beings. Just imagine that, and. Uh, I would say that probably the Bhutanese are certainly they're the more benign than the Burundis, I would guess, Jeff. But I mean, this is just never going to stop. It's never going to stop. And white people, until they stand up and say, "We do have rights. We have the right to territorial imperative." Yeah. As any people do, and whites just won't come around to that point of view. They say, "Well, I like the spicy food," or <laughs> "My daughter married one, and I I have the cutest little." Uh, 
Yeah. When's it going to stop? Well, James, you're, uh, Great Britain is being inundated with these people too. These Hindus. We we talk about the Muslims. But, Hindus, but say the least. What do you what do you what do you make of these people? You you see them up close, up close and personal. Um, <laughs> uh, Hindus, Bangladeshis, freaking Pakistanis. We, yeah, we talk about the Muslims a lot, but what about these what about these Hindus? I mean, are they they're not as obnoxious as the, as the Pakis, are they? Huh, James? Oh, wait a minute. James dropped. Uh, I see that he dropped. Okay. I don't think they are. If I, if, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. For myself, from what I've noticed, I don't, not that I don't we want them here, but no, that's the thing. We don't. We don't have to want them here. Here we go. I was working in an office with uh, quite a few people from India, and. Uh, one of the guys, the guys in the and they, the guy that ran the company, he was an Indian. So all the people that were Indian had little higher positions. So the guy, one of the guys in the office, uh, one of the Indian guys, he was showing me an article about how a guy from India had um, won a huge pool tournament in Europe. And I said, he's from India, and he said, yeah. And I said, so they got pool tables in India. <laughs> Man, I, I tell you what, he got real pissed off. <laughs> well, why did but he I, get pissed off? I mean, uh, it's like he feels inferior. I said, hey, I didn't know they had pool tables there, much less electricity. You know, I just wanted to grind it a little bit farther down. And they don't I have pool tables in India. I've been. They don't. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't they know. They have it. billiards in a Brit, and you know, they have like British style places, like in downtown Mumbai or something. Maybe in Goa or some of the. Well, they had the places. Hitler Cafe. Yeah, I remember that. Well, that was a swastika. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, James, uh, do you have anything to add uh, from Britain about these the, the Hindus? Well, it's just well, what's happening in all our, our okay. wetlands. As I keep keep illustrating on, on all my programs that I do, is the fact that these people don't want to integrate with white Aryan society. They're quite happy to stay on their own little patches. Yeah, they're just it, here to, to grab and take what they can. Yeah, but they're quite happy to be in their little... In Britain, for example, the Bangladeshis have their areas. The Bangladeshis hate the Pakistanis. The Pakistanis hate the Indians. The Indians hate the Pakistanis and the Bangladeshis. Well, they, they all hate the white. They all, all hate the white people, yeah. having, And all of these muds are having their turf wars in our lands. And just because we're not taking place in this racial struggle doesn't mean it's not on. You know, it's like it's like it keeps it keeps getting said, but we've just yet to declare war back. Yep. But we've got these tribes, these mud tribes, uh, conflicting in our territories. I mean, you've got these blacks and these uh, Mexicans out west, and that that that's some of the best stuff as far as I'm concerned with news these days. Uh, some of the most entertaining news, uh, like the riot, I believe it was last week at the school in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 500. Mm-hmm. That was great. Oh, that was great, just to see him running through the street and just... The picture uh, of the two niggers running away from all those Mexicans. You know, one last thing thing I'd like to say about these Hindus in particular is that I don't see them... You know, I'll I'll see see like a Paki Muslim take a white wife if he can get one. And, and And I'll see these other groups take a white wife if they can get one. But I don't often see these Hindus marrying in with whites. No, the Hindus... Uh, the Hindus really hate the Muslims because of uh, going back. Uh, yeah, their their conflict. Yeah, a few hundred years ago, the 
you know, they got into a real situation where the Hindu people were nearly wiped out by the Islamists. These is, speaking about the these turf wars, about 18 or 20 months ago, I remember reading that uh, MS-13, the, the uh, Ecuadorian Spic gang, w would run from Maryland and the, uh, I guess, Alexandria, Virginia, all these East Coast areas, but particularly they would uh, run back into the panhandle of West Virginia, which is this real thin strip of land, I think, on the directly west of uh, Maryland, if I remember. It's a very thin, thin, thin strip. And then they would hang out in these parks up there, public parks or up in the mountains, and, uh, and, and then raid back into Maryland, these urban states or the urban parts of Maryland. Part of Maryland is not. And uh, whites are just led to, we have to tolerate this, or as Todd was saying earlier, oh, uh, people will make the argument, well, oh, what about all the good blacks, or what about all the good uh, Mexicans? <laughs> That's and, a cop-out. <laughs> yeah, you got to throw that baby out with the bathwater because, uh, yeah. you know, it just doesn't work like that. Conflict is conflict. You know, yeah, and it's something your generation just doesn't seem to get and didn't pass on to mm -hmm. us as parents to children. It was That is true, Theseus. I, that's but, but, but again, we were propagandized heavily by Jews, absolutely. by the feminist oh, movement, yeah. I'm and sorry. the greatest generation. They didn't help too much either, for that matter. Exactly, yeah, they were propagandized. They were called the greatest generation because they were greatest in getting Jews. Uh, they, you know, they owned, we owned this country free and clear when they were kids, and look at us now. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they've had a good life, and they're they're dying uh, doped up on expensive drugs, but they've really left us a mess. And I, I'm, I've kind of, I've kind of started a book, and and one of the chapters in it is, uh, it, or I'm I'm thinking of organizational, organizational principles behind our movement, and I, I think there's a huge component to our movement that is generational. I didn't mean to take this conversation in a different way, but but I think I think a lot of our conflict is generational. Uh, and I, I think that can be part of the coolness of it is, you know, there's nothing cooler than rebelling against uh, the fuddy-duddies. And if you, if anyone's seen the wonderful film uh, uh, White Terror, um, it's wonderful for ways that the director did not intend it to be. Yes. Uh, the new director intended it to be. But if you... Yeah, I saw it. Alex and I are in it. I know. Oh, yeah. If you replace mm -hmm. racism uh, with dancing... And 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 what the when the antis are talking, replace racism with dancing or rock and roll, and it's the same damn things that the fuddy duddies in the 40s and 50s are saying about rock and roll. Uh, it's hysterical, but but they don't see it. Now, and I encourage you to just go back and watch a couple clips of of White Terror, and when they when the antis are talking and they say right, replace that with dancing or rock and roll, and uh, see if it isn't the exact same thing they were saying in the 50s and you know they were saying that this must be stopped and uh, it's getting out of hand and, and other little memes that they use and, and, and I think there's a I think there's a groundswell that's going to have to come because the unsustainability of what we have or what we've been left by the older generations so you mean that this generational conflict, your generation, Theseus, I think I know your approximate age, if you don't mind my saying, I think you're university age. But you mean you think you're really going to, um, you know, I've read you guys are uh, like two and a half more times uh, likely to commit spontaneous murder. Well, 
I'll power say if that's the case. Well, you're, you're close. I, I hope you get, it gets spontaneous here in the next few years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing is, is that we're we need uh, answers to new questions. If I may be so vague, uh, like you know, there, we have these huge. It's not really questions that anyone's asking, but they're, they're more like problems. Like we we have this media that is is dying, but there's nothing yet to replace it, right? We have this postmodern nihilism that's dying, and we don't have anything yet to replace it. And we have these older generations that are dying, and we don't have anything to replace. Well, you know what? I I'll, I'll, I'll hop in here. White nationalism is the future. It it, it is, and and that's why the government suppresses us. And that's why the media uh, marginalizes us because we have the answers to all these questions. Because they have to, and I, I don't, I don't exactly agree that we have all the answers, but but damn it, no, not not in a utopian sense. No, 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 no. I'm not even talking about that. I'm not yeah. like, like we we don't have a way of answering uh, the media, right? Uh, no, I I'm talking about like 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 an issue like immigration, say. Or even, oh, yeah. or even issues like economics. We have answers to these problems. We would fix them if we were in charge. Todd, do you think that new law you were talking about earlier and Hal Turner posted on the forum, do you think that that was designed by Gonzalez uh, and or Shertoff and their minions in, in part to address the uh, nascent or arising problem of white nationalism, the possibility that this will coagulate or the inevitability that it will? No. No, I, I I mean I think it was just a blanket um, remedy for a, a growing problem of just growing dissent in the United States. I mean you got dissent uh-huh. from all you got. Look, sure, here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. Fifty-one percent in the poll just say that Bush should be impeached. Not, uh, yeah, and that that brings up my point is that no time in, in no time in history has there been more people not voting. People don't want to vote because they all know it's bullshit. So if you got most of the people who aren't voting, a, a percentage of those people, no matter what they think about politics, whether they're far on the left or far on the right, you're going to get your radicals out of each camp. And I think this is just a, okay. a, 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 a knee-jerk reaction of a dying regime in order just to retain power. Is that they're going to get people from all sides that want to rebel, and some of these people are going to get violent about doing so, and uh, they're you know they're using the legislation to uh, counter that. Mm. But the dying process of the Quan Star could be quite long. The burnout. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the way I the way I sometimes put it is that this regime has, or or the the motions that this regime has been going through over the past five years has all the marks of an organization that's planning some type of move, that's planning to make some kind of move, and I, I would have to say on us. Uh, and that's frightening for me. I, I personally don't really get frightened about government stuff because it's, as a Southerner, it's psychologically for me, it's always as far away as possible. Uh, but that's kind of troubling and upsetting for me is that it has all the hallmarks of an organization that's about to make some sort of move. It's sealing up all the legalities and uh, battening down the little choke points. I mean, you know, it, it, it's not conspiracy uh, to say that they are or that they have built 
detention camps, these huge detention camps around the country. Uh, you know, it's on the Halliburton webpage it's for their investors <laughs> that they won the contract to do so. Uh, so yeah, they do have huge detention camps inside the United States, and uh, I mean, I, I thought that was nuts when I first heard it, but it, it's, it's absolutely not. It's, it's true. I'll post a link to it on this uh, on the forum thread here. But uh, it, but it, yes, it, this organization has the marks of of something that's about to. It, it's either uh, anticipating something. Or, well, anticipating something that they're going to plan, but uh, yeah. it it does seem to have the at least legally speaking, they're they're kind of plugging the holes of what they can and can't do with uh, with folks. And if you looked at how they handled New Orleans, I mean, <laughs> that was a military takeover if I've ever seen one. Absolutely, door to door search and seizure. That was a dry run, so to speak. I, I was driving by some convoys of those guys in uh, Virginia, and, and um, they, they would go with like 30 vehicles. And, and uh, my friend and I saw them, and we thought, who are these cops? They'd have cop cars. They'd have unmarked cars. This is like five states away or something. And they're going like 85 miles an hour. Uh, they kind of look down their noses at you like uh, we're in yeah. power. Yeah, we're not citizens. We're civilians. Yeah. It's it's bizarre. I mean, and and I'm 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 only I'm like 30 years old, and I and I remember it differently. I mean, it hasn't been this way, but just for a few years, and I don't know. It it, it it's very bizarre. It's very Soviet, as you as as Lita was uh, speaking about earlier. It's Soviet. It's uh, you know, the truth doesn't matter, and well, and the truth can't matter. It can't matter because the truth is anti-Semitic. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not only that, but I mean, the, the whole the whole point of the communists, you know, a hundred years ago, they said they've got to bring the United States to its knees because we just had we were like a rip roaring economy for you know years, and the amount of resources that we were producing was exponentially more than all these other countries, and it's because we had all these you know hardworking whites here in the country and uh, you know the, the, the problem with the Jews is that whenever you have a white country that becomes very powerful it's eventually going to take on an era of anti-Semitism yeah. that's just that's just how history you know unfolds so you know in their quest to get rid of the United States these are the things that they do they uh, they mortgage the whole country get everybody on credit card debt uh, bring a bunch of immigrants into the country, give the niggers a bunch of money, and uh, generally just degrade the whole country's values uh, and, and morals and yeah. uh, government as well. So that's what's going on, and there's going to be a boiling point. So that's why you see detention camps, that's why you see uh, terrorism legislation, uh, and that's why you see all these cops out on... You know they're going to have more and more cops as well. Yeah, but I mean, but listen of course, to these people. Listen to them. Cheridoff saying that the internet's a terrorist training ground. Hmm. Uh, that was what last week, week before. Uh, Fusion centers. Fusion center. Yeah. 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 Uh, so be it. So be it. But uh, and Todd, that that anti-Semitism you talk about, which will eventually arise again, Professor McDonald said, that's the natural. Uh, coalescence or coagulation of 
white resistance defensiveness mm-hmm. uh, for ourselves in response to uh, Jewish ethnocentrism. Yes. That, that's what that is. Yeah. yeah and then when you get a hundred years into this of being managed by these kikes into the ground, is, this is what you get a hundred years, eighty years or so into it is is that you get everyone unhealthy, politically estranged from a system that our forefathers built. We're in debt, uh, whereas we owned this country a hundred years ago. We're in debt up to our eyeballs, and uh, we owe the People's Republic of China our. Uh, you know the groceries that we buy today are, you know, is leveraged from the People's Republic of China. I mean, or, or our debts being paid for, or, or this ship is being subsidized. But this is what you get when you let Jews into your country. And woe to us! Woe to our forefathers who were uh, through whatever Christ insanity, and they did they didn't want to they didn't want to be mean for whatever reason. And, and but woe to us for their. Uh, decisions and, and Jefferson was right. We'll be we'll be cursing them in their graves. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. They'll be easing Jefferson out pretty soon. Theseus. I don't know. Education. I think they like Jefferson. Well, they're remaking Jefferson. Yeah, that's oh, yeah, what yeah, they, yeah, they like. They're remaking him to this universalist. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and they explain they explain his racial attitudes uh, as just you know the the it was an unfortunate side of him and. We'll just overlook it because he's so great, such a great universalist, right? And they say he must have not been that big of a racist because he was stooping the slaves, which uh, that's been that that's rampant speculation. And has it been could have been any Jefferson, it was yeah, his son, right? It was his son that was openly copulating with with. Uh, well, we don't know who. It could have been a cousin too. Well, they think it was this son and. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that that's how they explain Jefferson is that oh he must have been a little bit of a hypocrite because he had a little bit of jungle fever there. Well, so that's if, how they if, get if around. We think that these fix in the, in the public schools, which uh, this report which came out this week by this population think tank said that they're going to reach 24 percent of the population by 2043, 24 uh, percent. I don't think they're. They're too interested in Washington and Jefferson, and and they're, they're pretty, uh, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. They've the got school, a, They tell you how it's going to be. Yeah, I've seen that in Hawaii. You know, they, the University of Hawaii is the most politically, uh, uh, politically charged university probably in the United States. Yeah, that's something opinion. whites need to understand. They don't have this. Uh, uh, w- 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 who is it that Dr. Kevin McDonald calls it uh, competitive altruism? I think it's him that calls it that. Mm-hmm. They don't have this competitive altruism. They don't have this, oh, let's give it away. It feels great uh, to be in the nice guy. It feels great to uh, you know win the nice prize. Uh, they don't do that. They lord it over you once they're in charge. They expect you to conform to their ways. Uh, yeah, I think it's a weakness you know, in white people. Oh, it is. It's not. A, it's not a weakness when we're developed when we were amongst our uh, our own. And this is why we well, need to be in a cold environment as well. I think a cold environment brought that out, and this is that we needed to stick together and cooperate right. with each other in order to survive. Whereas these equatorial people, this trash around the globe, they have a totally different value system about surviving. You know, yeah. I mean, with the blacks, I mean. There's so many rampant virus, uh, viruses that are in Africa, 
in order for their race to survive, they've just they're, they've got to have more and more and more and more babies. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter if they survive or not. The, the whole point is to have a baby, put it out on its own, yeah. and then yeah, Todd, make it. Called... Go ahead. Yeah, th- I'm sorry. That that's called a. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I I I forgot what I was going to say. As soon as I interrupt you, it's it's different mating strategies or different breeding strategies, and they have mm-hmm. a quantity. Yeah, it's uh, quantity over quality. Yeah. That's right, and that it, there, there's a there's a good word for it. I can't remember what, and I, it's probably pretentious anyway to know it. But uh, but white high investment is one for white. Yeah, it's something like children. that. Yeah, it's high investment and 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 high investment child rearing. So whites have less children and can raise and, and raise them with uh, a lot of investment. They nurture them. They kind of grow them like like a flower. Well, think of uh, blacks are like. Uh, Spreading seed, like if you're trying to get grass to grow in your yard, you'll you'll take a whole thing of, of grass seed and you'll disperse it all throughout. And it's each little seed isn't exactly precious. You you use a carpet bombing type strategy, and and, and some of the enough of them will take root. Hopefully, that's how uh, blacks do. And you can't grow a rose in in that environment. You can't grow you know something that you would plant, or or some type of plant that you would plant one seed and nurture it. Uh, on an individual basis, and that means so much to all of us. I mean, with, I mean, that goes all the way up the chain to the way we think about politics and the way we choose our leaders. We don't use a big man. Uh, we we don't follow the big man type political system. You know, we we have a more altruistic political. When system the uh, when the goddamn niggers people. take over America, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah our crumb. Yeah, our I'll tell you what, I yeah. want to I want to f- copy that and uh, heretical dot com. Yeah, I want to throw. I've got it on my hard drive. Oh, all I right. want to throw that in every lawn of the United States. You know, and you know what? I think our Crumb needs to come out. with Cartoons illegal. <laughs> I think he needs to come out. He came out, he did the when goddamn Jews take over America when the niggers take over America. Now he needs to do. When the Mexican uh, goddamn over America, <laughs> Craig, Craig, weren't you questioned by the Secret Service over that very cartoon? Yeah, yeah, they told me uh, uh, the young. He was very young. Theseus. He's, I'd say the guy's like thirty-two, which made it funnier to me. It, it's it, it's right. a lot when you reach my age. It's almost everyone seems young, so it seems stupid to me. And as soon as he said it, he knew that. I said, "Oh, that's illegal, is it?" I think the audio is still online, unless it it's there. Off during one of the- you go to it. Let me just tell listeners tonight, if they don't know, go to govnn.com, click on the archive button. That's the speaker on the right, and that'll take you to the VNN Media Index, and you can find it. And and Todd, I xeroxed a few hundred of those, and and I throw them at their wealthiest houses, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, eight million dollar mansions or something. I, I went to a few that were like thirty million, but they, you know, these were. And I had fun. I thought I could have a good time when they opened this one. But uh, you know, the, it varied about what people thought, how the, how effective the newspaper was. Um, well, I, I, I don't know. But it goes back to the same thing that I've always said: is that uh, whenever we throw tabloids or flyers out to the public, it doesn't matter if they read it or not. What matters is is if the news media reports it and yes. then puts our uh, website on their report. Yeah. If they do that and they say, well, these are the people that did it, and they put it in their newspapers, well, their newspapers are reaching exponentially more people, 
and then we get the people to read the article, and then they go to our website. That's the whole point. Uh, and also I, in their I, personal lives, they have to start to get the cognitive dissonance, uh, you know, that's the, the ringing in their mind all the time, that they cannot stand uh, the disconnect between what they're being told in media and their personal experiences in life and how absolutely. unpleasant it is. I mean, there's a huge the discrepancy. Yeah. You've got, I mean, you look at the, you know, the. That's what got me. You look at the channels and they, they, they show these, you know, Mexicans, these, or the Latinos, they show these women that, you know, have a lot of Aryan features and they, you know, they look somewhat decent. When you, I tell you what, you come to Orlando and you drive down, you come to one of these shopping centers like the Kmart or the Winn-Dixie or one of these grocery stores, you walk in there and they're the most. Three feet tall. Yeah, they're hideous. <laughs> these people they're disgusting they're coughing all over the place they don't wash their hands walking around barefoot they're disgusting people yeah they they like to just loiter basically and they're like three feet tall I never get over that you know the Mexicans that you see on television uh, you know Vicente Fox and uh, you know these guys are Castillos I mean they're they're and, and as a matter of fact if, if you call them Mexicans, God help you, if you call it, <laughs> you know, because there are the, the whites over there, there's 10% whites that are in charge over in Mexico, this corrupt 10%, the Spanish uh, remnant, so to speak, uh, they, they're completely different, sealed off and isolated from the rest of the population, so when you've got a Mexican problems, you've got 30, 40 million Mexicans in the United States, you don't have the Sente Foxes, you've got these little three feet tall, uh, the, the brown stubbies, yeah. As you like to say. Well, uh, I'll be honest with you, Thesis. That's no joke. Even though Vincente Fox is as tall as he is, in my book, he's still an Indian. He's not a white man. Yeah, he's mixed. I mean, he's... he's yeah, obviously. Absolutely. Castillo, Spaniard. Uh, he's a corrupt jackass that needs to uh, uh, be in a deposition chamber giving us evidence on what exactly they talked about in Waco. Uh uh, that's his usefulness to me. Well, you know, you know, guys, it's obvious what he's doing is he's throwing all the 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 refuse and trash. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mexico, he's getting them to come into the United States, and uh, he he does two things at once. Uh, he gets rid of the trash in Mexico, and then he gets them to go to the United States to work and send money back to Mexico. Yeah, it's a pretty of the free movement of labor and capital that that will be having as soon as they take these borders down uh, any congressional session now yeah, you know, it's absolutely. like in Europe they can come all the way from Eastern Europe and go to uh, go go to the United <laughs> Kingdom and where the economies are completely different they can put them out of work there in, in the United Kingdom uh, because they can undercut them and you know I've got family that's been and you know, I did my family tree, and I traced back, and I found it really—I I, I found it nice and quaint. I, I come from the most simple, quiet, relaxed folks. I mean, you'd—you'd you'd never guess <laughs> that that someone as loud as myself would would come from just, you know, Protestant work ethic carpenters. My whole family were carpenters, as far as I can trace back on this one side, all the way back uh, oh, to northeastern yeah. Germany. Carpenters, right up until my dad. I'm the first person that's not a carpenter uh, first male that's not a carpenter and they've absolutely put my dad out of work up there 
uh, he's a craftsman of the highest order, and and you know they can get a crew of twenty Mexicans in there to do some really shitty work, but it's in the shape of a house, and it's a ten thousand dollars less. So you know the market is really cut down for honest laborers that that know their work. Americans that uh, the country. The country that my dad pays taxes for to uh, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, yada, yada, uh, they are bringing in people to undercut him. So that's a problem. That's a fundamental problem that our, our government is uh, doing the exact opposite of what it's supposed to be doing. Well, I'll tell you what, I used to be in the camp that, you know, I guess you, I would call it the Stormfront camp, but, uh, you know, a lot of people that are like, conservative and racist at the same time, they're not of the worse is better camp. So what they want to do is conservatively, diplomatically, democratically take back the United States yeah. into uh, Aryan rule. I don't think it's going to happen. No. I don't think it's going to happen at all. I don't I think, think that's the only thing that's I don't I think that the only thing that's going to improve the situation in the United States is about 10 to 15 years of anarchy. And out of that, you'll have ethnic cleansing. Because unless white people are forced into a situation where they don't have food and they have to defend themselves against hordes of non-whites, they're not going to do anything. And tell yeah, you, I hope we're so TV. lucky to have that outcome, because yeah. that is, I think, the only one that will work. Yeah, I, I would prefer that to the, the Brazilian solution. Yeah, and, right. uh, the South African. Yeah, and what I mean I, by the Brazilian solution is just failure. I mean, I'd rather fight it out. Yeah, and those yeah. are the only two viable ones. Even I mean, the, yeah. the one is not viable, but it's, the worst one is the Brazilian or the South African. Yeah, yeah. the South well, African one. I mean, I talk to people in South Africa, and, and they're sitting there telling me with a straight face, "Oh, it's not that bad." Yeah. And I'm like, "Are you smoking crack? You gotta have yeah. you gotta live in a gated community, and you, you got two. They have at least two armored car robberies a day." I don't know how many women are getting raped, you know, and they're like, it's not that bad, it's okay, things are getting better. I mean, these people are, like, suffering from the Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, that can kind of give you an idea about the, the, the extremes to which we can delude ourselves about things. I mean, I, I've seen a webpage of, uh, you know, a forum with uh, South Africaners speaking with one another in English, and they were saying... Uh, they were talking about something, that just kind of, some kind of activism, like printing flyers or something. And I'm like, get out, man! Yeah. You know, get out! I mean, it's 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 a done deal. We're we we were wrong for not going in guns blazing and helping you out. We were wrong for letting our government work against you. We were wrong. We were wrong. We were wrong. But uh, what's done is done. They 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 need to leave. They, we need to fall back. We need to get to where. And, and I'm an optimist. Uh, as far as what Todd was talking about, I, I'm an optimist because I, 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 the, the way I look at it is, if if you just if when the power goes out, people change. And maybe I've lived through enough hurricanes to know that. But when the power goes out for an extended amount of time, you begin thinking. And you know what? It's I, I hazard to say, but it's so much healthier. It feels so much healthier because you're actually thinking about things that matter. Yeah. And uh, when your skin becomes your uniform 
and the shooting yep. starts. I have no doubt that these large white brains and uh, this the the white the natural white leadership, military and civilian will it, it's organic. And that's why right. Jews hate us, because we have civilization. Uh, well, they got major brownouts all over the U.S. now. I don't know if brownouts are going to change it, Theseus. No, 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 no. But those are going to become more and more sustained, uh, more, more prolonged, and they're going to happen more often. And the thing about, like what Todd was saying about the storm front of conservatives, I came from that angle as well. Uh, I'm not there anymore, but I, I came from that right-wing, sort of uh, good, try to have a good American head on my shoulder. Yeah, we all did. Right. Every one of us did. Oh, not all of us. Well, maybe everyone here. Maybe everyone here. Uh, but there are plenty of, uh, you know, go to Nazi.org. They're green. I mean, <laughs> they came from the leftist environmental uh, thing. But yeah, I think all of us here probably came from the right side. But um, we're not conservative. It's very important for us to understand this, to let America go. Yeah. We're not conservatives. We're revolutionaries. You'll feel so much better. Yeah. Stop Trying not to let it go. It's already gone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Let it go. Let it go. Uh, yeah. You know, it's dead and buried. Stay a moment. You know, hey, I, you know, I, I cried in my beer when I realized that. But uh, I felt so much better the next morning, and uh, I was... Uh, so much better oriented towards. Yeah, one, once you make the emotional break, uh-huh. and and not every, and not, I mean, it, it, it took me quite a long time to really understand this. Even after I kind of got the white nationalist thing going, and you know, and to really make the emotional break that hey man, I'm I'm about ending this crap forever, and I, I'm about putting this this whole horrible nightmare, this whole this whole Frankenstein's monster in its grave forever, and starting new with something better. Yeah, yeah, we we um, and and what's better is that when you come up against antis or when like in my situation in college, I can write a paper that's uh you know for these liberal professors, I can write a paper that sounds so great to them. I'm talking about the you know revolutionary, a real American revolution and a real you know to uh, to establish you know and they're loving this because they're thinking. I'm talking about multiculturalism, <laughs> uh, but I'm talking about white nationalism. I'm talking about our future and what will be. It doesn't matter if it's like in Brazil, where there's there are you know like a, there's a state in Brazil that's 92% white. Um, and I don't know how pure white that is, but there are towns in there that if you if you went there and opened your eyes, you would think you were in Germany. But by looking at the, uh, you know, there there are some places where they speak German as the first language, the architecture, and the streets, and everything. It's German towns in southern Brazil, and we're going to end up like it. it, it, it we're going to fight back at some point, and it doesn't matter if there's 500 of us in an enclave somewhere, or there's 50 million of us in the Pacific Northwest, or 240 million of us spread all around the country as we are now. At some point, there will be pushing back, and that's why I'm an optimist because I see it as inevitable politically. Uh, just by yeah, but you know the I thing is, the thing is, our position is much weaker, uh, and I, 
Yeah. Yeah, our our, our position is much relevant. weaker than than say in 19 I mean, look, the government could have been overthrown uh very effectively like in the late 60s. If if you know, the people that were there, that, I mean, there were people like my father's generation that that you know, if if the right man would have come along, a general or uh you know, someone like this and, and they would have gotten back to they would have backed them in a minute and uh you know, and would have come out and said, "Hey, you know, look, we're going to we're going to deal with this crap. We're going to deal with the niggers and we're going to yeah. deal with these Jews in the media and and we're, we're not going to you know we're we're not we're going to fix this situation up now. And uh and I you know I know that that you know enough people would have followed immediately and understood exactly what that meant, but I I'm afraid that if someone spoke like that today, uh, if a general said, "Hey, look, uh, America's had enough." We're locking up the Jews. We've cre- we're gonna, I'm going to declare a state of emergency, arrest the Bush crime family, and um, and uh, and deal with these niggers and Mexicans. I'm afraid that that uh, that 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 person wouldn't have enough support in the government. In, in, uh, absolutely, in the country. they wouldn't have any because people people as soon as you start talking about the Jews, you know they start to knee jerk. The first thing they see. It's it's amazing what the Jews have done psychologically in yeah. the United States. But the first thing they see in the mind of the Goyim when anyone criticizes the Jew is they see hundreds of bodies yeah. being pushed into uh, mass graves by a bulldozer. They're like, how can you say that? Yeah, you know, well, how would criticize the Jews calls dysentery? Isn't that what they died of? <laughs> well, I mean, Rounder says you know, millions of people are ready to go with the right leadership. Yeah. Well, I think millions are, but I don't think that. Well, maybe not they are. Maybe they aren't really. Actually, I'm wrong. Shut up! I'll, I'll shut up and listen to you. It's the organizational principle, or that's the kick I'm on lately. It's the organizational principle. The reason you can't talk about anything racial is because our organizational principle at present in the United States and in the Western world is Marxism. And as we've spoken of before on Free Talk Live, it, Marxism is. The organizational principle where people divide themselves along socioeconomic lines and how what jobs they do and how much money they make and, and, and that. Uh, whereas all throughout history before, it had been a, a family, nation, racial, uh, tribal, along those lines, bloodlines. But the white non-white thing has been plugged into Marxism too, Theseus, without spokenly being plugged in. in well, they've some been cases, used as a hammer. Uh, the, the blacks have yeah. been used as a hammer and... My uh, my thinking as of late is just to use them as a hammer back. Uh, you know, I, I can't wait till this uh, Mexican and black thing. I, I would hope to God that it boils over, but it's not. It is boiling over. I don't think. I, it I will, just like the hammer part. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is boiling over actually, but no, and no one knows. Blacks are more useful. Blacks are useless when it comes to politics. I would hate to have to be black leadership. Uh, actually, the words are it's a contradiction in terms. I mean, the leadership that they use are always chosen by whites. Uh, do you think blacks chose Al Sharpton or Jesse Jackson or Martin Luther King? Blacks didn't choose those. Actually, they may have chosen Sharpton. I love Ask them what they think man. about those guys. He gets on there and he makes such a fool out of himself every time he talks. Yeah, yeah. See, that's why I think they they chose him because he he's such an ignoramus. Great. Yeah, same with Jesse Jackson. He's got those big eyes. He looks like a... I'm not so sure Jackson. about Jackson. I think Jackson's always been in the pocket of the Jews. I'll tell I you what. Jews uh, don't like him. I'll I tell you what about Jackson. He, he lately, 
like within the last few years, maybe five, six years, if he's talking about something that is not geared towards race, especially blacks, and if his Rainbow Coalition is not on the line, some things that he says are actually, they make sense in a, um, how, do I, how do I say this, in a conservative type manner, but the, that's why the Jews don't like him, is because well, yeah, he's they been... want him to talk about black things. If he starts yeah. talking about other stuff, it's, it's borderline anti-Semitic. I agree. And he, 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 he should not have to listen to any of this crap. Yeah. It's like The Matrix, the Jew movie by Silver. It's just fucking everywhere. White should not have to listen to all this minority stuff yeah. day in and day out of all their entire psychic, uh, physical, psychophysical lives. Yeah, they're not it's responsible. It's a great ripoff of, of white people. They're What's not that? responsible for any of this. Any, any no, but we should not have to listen to it. I we should be in our own realm, in our own contiguous white environment where we don't even leeches. have to uh, deal with it. They're except political leeches. They would have no system other than some big man, random violent chaos i mean uh, and speaking of blacks i mean look they, they wouldn't they don't have any systems they they have to come to our systems they have to come to our nations and our lands and and leech on our systems and this includes jews and they have to termite it out they have to eat it out and uh and it's, game it's it not the goal they have Theseus. it already is reality i mean when you say but they don't have anything of their own. It's like what Hitler said. They, they, they yeah, we. Yeah. Anyway. Well, anyway, look, folks. I've got a. I've got a. We're kind of. Uh, I think chain's kind of fresh, but uh, I'm kind of. Um, I'm. Uh, I'm kind of losing it and uh, losing my. Uh, pow- my. My powers of concentration, and I'm gonna have to wrap this up, folks. So uh, we've we've gone on uh, four hours, and uh, and that's. Uh, we'll have this for the archives and. Uh, and uh we'll uh we'll be back next Monday uh unless uh unless they come after VNN again but uh we'll be we'll be here uh next Monday and uh I don't know if anyone wants any parting words before we go um no I don't okay I do right. search one third of the lo- one third of the holocaust great film on google one third of the holocaust watch the entire 4 hour movie Great film. Thanks. Fantastic film. Can't beat it. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for doing uh, uh, an extra long FTL tonight so that I could come on. I was sure. totally unprepared when you rang me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, this but, show uh, this show misses Alex and uh uh you know, it, we can we, we get on without him but uh, uh it'd be great if he could show up too sometime. Well, I, yeah. uh, I just wanted to say about that, Jeff, so people don't worry. Alex has told us privately that as of about a week or two ago that he had, I guess, a combination of uh, business and family things. He yes. didn't specifically say, but he said he would be a lot busier and he wouldn't be able to participate as much. I think he said that on Free Talk Live earlier. He, but he did, yeah. yeah. Was yeah. that for a continuous basis or for a temporary basis? I don't think he uh, said. Actually. Oh, okay. He said for a while, I think he said. Okay. All right. But we'll get yeah, on with it. We'll, we'll get by without him. And yeah, I'll uh, try to prepare a little bit better and have a little bit better of a rant. I mean, I've got a lot of stuff I've I've written down. I've, I've started a book. I'm already about sixty pages in, and uh, this is a this is a parallel to my my uh, my doctoral my dissertation. Well, let, let, let you know, uh, Theseus. I don't want to get diverted into another attention. That we're, you know, Todd Todd's kind of staked out Friday night. 
uh, for a show. But um, uh, you know, we gotta we gotta get you on a, a show uh, too. Uh, are you available on Saturday nights? Well, actually, uh, Jeff. Um, okay. I, I was staked out for Friday. Uh, it was contingent upon Mark Weber agreeing. Oh, okay. Being interviewed. He oh. has not contacted me back, and um, I've left messages. And okay. you know, I would like to interview Mark Weber and have just strictly a Holocaust show. Okay. Because I think it's important. Because I don't even think most white nationalists have enough, you know, ammunition to disarm people when it comes to the Holocaust. But yeah, you got to take it to these Holocaust alleged. Okay, yeah, well, right. look, look, let's, uh, let's... And the Holocaust is the holy grail of multiculturalism. Pardon me, Jeff. It sure is. It's the, it's the he cornerstone. He makes that point at the beginning of one-third of the Holocaust. It's that the sounds great, then, because Friday night's the only night... Okay, well, okay, let's, let's then, uh, let's then look for doing a show next Friday and, and prepare some material. And, next um, Friday or this Friday? Uh, well, whatever... This coming Friday? This coming Friday. Yeah, well, well, we can have a Holocaust show if you guys want to bring some uh, material to the table and come back on. I'm, I'd be willing to do it. Well, I mean, uh, I, what I I don't know. Well, uh, I was saying I, I, that spot that that's kind of throwing a. Uh, I wasn't going in that direction, but that's possible. Uh, what I was thinking uh, the Friday night would open up for Theseus, and he could do a show. Oh, fine. Okay, if Absolutely. you if you get Weber on. Uh, Let's try to get a show on whether it's whether it's uh, it's Todd or, or Theseus hosting, yeah, or all of us. If, but yeah, uh, if you can get Weber for Friday, you can do Friday, and then if you can't get Weber for Friday, I'll I'll have something ready. Either yeah, way. there we go. I'll just okay. fill in or wherever. But Friday Friday night's the only night I can. So whenever Todd can, maybe I I can fill in. If yeah, if you can get a hold of uh, if you can get the hold of Weber at IHR, you'll do you'll you'll be on unless you know something happens. You'll be on um, uh, this Friday, Todd, and otherwise Theseus will be on this Friday, and he'll he'll do a show. I I want to be in the background. I don't want to take a big role in in, in the show. Uh, Theseus, I'm I'm glad to hear you're writing. I, I know you're a young guy and a southerner. And I was talking to Whitefist, who's a erudite young fellow too, and he said that uh, I said, don't you think it would help a, a number of white nationalists would perhaps write. In, Fictional literature and so forth, and he said he thinks the time for writing is over. But uh, no, uh, if the writing inspires the uh, what I alluded to, it's okay with me. Yeah, we need uh, time we, for we need to over. turn a new generation of young men into revolutionaries. They have a good cause to revolt. I don't want to get too deep into that because I can hear Jeff yawning ever so silently in the background. Right. But uh, and we'll have plenty to talk about Friday. So okay, uh, whoever does the show on Friday, you're going to want to turn in. I know. Tune in. Uh, I know if it's going to be me, it's going to. Uh, I've got a lot to do. I've got a lot to yell about. So, uh, and uh, Todd always does a great job. So, whichever you're going to want to hit that link for. All right. Uh, for Friday. Well, let, I'll, I'll put up some announcements on the forum, but I need to shut down the show now because uh, it's it's getting pretty tough for me to uh, keep it up right now. And right. Uh, we will uh, we'll close it at there, folks. Good night. Good night. Good night, Craig. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Todd. Good night. Good night. Yeah. <laughs>